again, it's Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. It's been over a year now since I started this podcast, and there have been several stories that I kept meaning to share, but always got pushed off to the side. I found a little list of them recently, and so I decided to share them now. When put together, they don't fully fit one particular holiday or theme, so I've decided to just create my own season of sorts. There's nothing better than drawing and painting each and every day, save getting the chance to tell stories in the process. When I sit down to write, I truly just type whatever thoughts come to mind. What I've loved is that these thoughts from the heart have resonated with so many of you. This has never really been simply my story. It's the story of life as I see it, sure, but I hope you see many similarities with your own life and journey. Though we're each very unique and different, there's still quite a lot that we all have in common. So, I hope you'll relax and join me now as together we celebrate sketching season. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Paint What You Love Day. After a month once of sketching actual celebration days, I decided to put in a prompt that allowed people to create their own day. For my part, I chose the types of things I like to paint most, which are edibles, glass, and metal. Philippe and I had just had our last glass of coffee one afternoon, and I saw the French press sitting in front of us, so that's what I sketched. I also do love a nice coffee break, uh, so this could have also been called Coffee Break Day, but that's a real day celebrated on January 20th. Truly, it's nearly impossible to come up with a day that doesn't already exist. Either proof that there's plenty to celebrate in the world, or proof that people will choose to celebrate just about anything. Either way, I think it's totally awesome. I love that so many things in life get their day in the sun. From the important topics that help spread awareness to the simplest of pleasures the world has to offer, despite our differences, there's always a day that hopes to bring us all together. So I hope whatever you choose to celebrate today, it was a very special day for you and everyone you chose to share it with. As I continue to pop in and sketch and write a little something each day, I feel rather happy and lucky. Though I have precious little time each day to sketch and write, pausing even a bit to do so is always a fantastic experience. I honestly wasn't sure if I would be able to keep my Doodle Wash blog going even a couple months when I first started. It was yet another whim born out of my latest craze and enthusiasm at the time. I experienced a very special day trying watercolor for the first time while simultaneously returning to my love of drawing after decades of never lifting a pen to sketch. To mark the occasion of actually making it through my first year, I founded World Watercolor Month in July in hopes of inspiring the world to come together and celebrate the medium together that brought me so much joy. And here I am, over four years later, still writing and sketching each and every day. This is indeed proof that when you follow your heart and your passion with determination, you can do things that you never expected were possible. I always evoke the Doodle Wash motto, which is simply do, but it's mixed with a healthy dose of never give up. 
Of all the things in the world to celebrate, sometimes we should remember to pause and celebrate ourselves. We live, dream, and do wonderful things each and every day. Sure, these things may not make it to the top of the social media feed, but that doesn't make them less important. In fact, there was a time not very long ago when the only people who could tell us if something was wonderful were the people sitting next to us. So each night, I first simply show my little doodle watch to Philippe and he gives me his reaction. Sometimes he loves it and sometimes it's a bit mixed. He doesn't actually read my posts at all, though I do make him listen to bits of my podcast when I'm doing a sound check. And I love this part of my daily ritual because it all takes place offline. A lovely reminder that the world may be full of technology, but real life is still always devoid of it. And yes, some nights he'll say, you can do better than that. And this mysteriously makes me love him all the more. It pushes me to keep right on trying, making, writing, sketching, and painting, happily showing up at both my best and worst, and never worrying about the difference in the end. I'm always just passionately celebrating Paint What You Love Day. Happy Little Pumpkin. Last year, around this time, I made a doodle wash that was a little bit of a collaboration between Philippe and I. We were at Trader Joe's and I spotted pumpkins and then suddenly remembered that that was that day's doodle wash prompt. So I wanted to sketch a Halloween pumpkin and I begged him to carve me one. I was pointing at the medium-sized pumpkins at the front of the store, but neither of us wanted to carry that around the whole time in our shopping bag. So as we were nearly finished shopping, we passed the little pie pumpkins and decided this would do just fine. A large carved pumpkin is a bit ridiculous since we're no trick-or-treaters where we live in the city. And even since I was a little kid, I never liked that my new jack-o'-lantern friend was relegated to the front porch and not hanging out indoors with me. So this happy little guy got to sit on our dining room table waiting for his candle to be lit and truly make his debut. Philippe and I always walk through Target on our weekly Trader Joe's trip. It's pretty much the only way we celebrate Halloween month since we don't attend parties. It's fun to see all of this year's costumes and the little contraptions available to purchase. We don't buy any of it, but just enjoy pressing all of the buttons to see what creepy or silly thing awaits. These are the last few days to enjoy this, of course, as Christmas will be taking over as soon as November begins. In truth, Christmas doesn't really wait for Halloween to end properly anymore here in America and has already been popping up at retail stores, ready to merrily push all of those pumpkins off the shelf as soon as possible. And I find it all perfectly fun and wonderful, transporting me back to childhood and wonderful times. Though anymore, it's mostly just Halloween and Christmas, Thanksgiving still provides a nice opportunity to celebrate in November and a way to practice making the dishes that will inevitably repeat themselves come December. In our house, of course, our Christmas is a bit more French, so that makes our Thanksgiving dinner rather unique and special. I adore how Philippe and I have combined our traditions and made them something unique to us. During this time of year, I get to relive not only my own childhood, but his as well. And that makes it my absolute favorite time of year. 
Together, we get to be kids again and enjoy those favorite cherished moments from our youth. He gets to enjoy the fun of carving a pumpkin, something he never experienced before coming here, and I get to enjoy his glee in the process, all the while avoiding sharp objects, which I've never really mastered. And last night, we actually had our much-anticipated family popcorn night, enjoying our newest Halloween tradition of watching the fabulous Pixar movie called Coco, a movie that spins a beautiful story of love and family. And as I sit here this evening, I have no reason to wait until Thanksgiving to feel truly thankful. Life is a wonderful thing indeed. And in this moment, to verify that's true, I need only glance to my dining room table to see my happy little pumpkin. Writing a Mystery During my college days in the early 90s and for a few years after, I worked as an actor in order to pay for art school. Mostly musicals, as I could sing well, but my acting skills weren't phenomenal enough to get me cast in the serious plays. Instead, my plays were a little more comedic in nature, and I soon found myself working for a production company that produced Mystery Dinner Theater. For those unfamiliar with this concept, it's a show where the audience sits at tables while the actors perform and serve them food all while revealing some sort of murder that must be solved before the evening ends. This is the only time I've waited tables and I'm rubbish at it. But thankfully, it's done in character, so I always sought to be the rather dumb character. This way, nobody was disappointed when their coffee came out looking like a Diet Coke. Once when the playwright had a conflict, I was asked if I could write and direct the next show, and I said, of course before remembering that I'd never written a play before or actually directed anything at all. I've done things like this my whole life. If something sounds like something I would do, then I automatically assume it's something I could do. So I was determined to be a playwright, and I only had a week to both create a script and figure out how the hell to write one. More than that, the title of the show had already been advertised, so I had to write something that would fit with it. The title was Coffee, Tea, or Murder, and the original premise was that it was to be set on an airplane. I had no clue how to make people sitting at large round tables eating chicken spadini feel like they were in a cramped airplane cabin. It just didn't work. So I changed the setting to a coffee shop instead, which solved the first problem. Next, I needed characters, so I created an odd menagerie of personalities certain to argue at some point in the evening. Lastly, I needed a murder and someone to do it. This seemed easy at first as I could just choose a character, slap them with a motive, and call it done. But in these shows, the audience is meant to vote on who they think the killer is, and the audience is always right. This meant that the show needed to have eight different conclusions that all made sense in a surprising yet inevitable way. I realized I was probably in way over my head, but then thought about everything I learned from playing Clue and watching Murder, She Wrote. Ironically, over a decade later, one of Jessica Fletcher's books based on the series got the same title as my play. That author, however, does take the airplane approach. 
Suddenly, my hands were flying across the keyboard and my play was soon brimming with murder weapons, motive, opportunity, and a bit of misdirection. It was no literary masterpiece, as none of my writing ever is, but it was fun and the audience seemed to really enjoy it. The show was performed by other groups in Raleigh, Chicago, and Omaha. I was invited by the director to see the show in Omaha and found it rather enjoyable, albeit wondering if it's weird to laugh at your own jokes, even in that context. Not all of these impulsive decisions I make turn out that well, but I think jumping in and going for it is always a rewarding experience in some way. We all know more than we give ourselves credit for, and simply doing is always the first step. Whether it's quickly painting some coffee and tea, or convincing yourself that you'd be great at writing a mystery. Feeling like a dinosaur. Once I was running a bit behind on a post as Philippe and I had attended a work event that evening. It was a Halloween party where several of the local businesses compete in creating their best trunk or treat display for visiting children. This originally meant decorating the trunk of a car, but after my own creative team not surprisingly broke the rules last year, it since lapsed into creating whatever the heck you want in the width of a parking space. Way more fun. We created a pop-up monster arcade that was super popular with the kids and had cute characters, games, and prizes. It was a blast, and at the close of the event, we were awarded first place, so yay! Then I rushed home to a doodle wash prompt of bones and wasn't sure what to sketch. But after spending the evening with little beings, a fraction of my age, and parents far younger as well, dinosaur was the first thing that popped into my head. This wasn't entirely an age thing, as I never really worried too much about that, but mostly because there were at least five little dinosaurs at the party that evening, so scribbling one back into existence just felt like the right thing to do. And yet, age is definitely an interesting thing to contemplate. I am certainly someone who acts and thinks far younger than my age, but that doesn't change my age one bit. I'm still approaching 50 and filled with thoughts of whether or not I've accomplished all that I could. I often feel like I'm a bit of a late bloomer and the best is yet to come. I only started sketching a little over four years ago and wish now I had started far sooner. Had I listened to my heart years ago, I would be years ahead in my ability now, and my life might have taken a completely different course. That's at least the internal dialogue that appears in my head. The reality is, I don't think I would have changed a thing about my journey as it's been a perfectly wonderful one. And I'm not entirely sure that the younger me would have embraced things with quite the focus I'm able to muster now. So in many ways, things do happen for a reason. At the time, they are blissfully meant to happen. It's never too late to finally try something that you love and follow your passion. And if you're far younger listening to this, don't wait. Chase that dream with all the love you can. I've actually spent my entire life chasing dreams. I looked at those little kids that evening and could see their dreams as well. Like the little boy who wanted to be a fireman when he grows up, this month at least, whose dad proudly showed off the fire truck he made out of a box. 
and I watch the wonderful layers of personality that still exist in all of us. Like the beautiful little girl dressed as a fairy ballerina who chose the gooey eyeballs as her prize instead of the little unicorns or bubbles. Or the little boy dressed as a cupcake who rushed straight for those unicorns and bubbles. We're built upon layers of history, but there's never really one type of person. Each of us is beautifully unique and wonderful in our own way. These are thoughts and things that I never really stopped to consider when I was young. I didn't really appreciate the differences as much as wanting things to go my own way. So as I age each day now, I welcome the wisdom that comes with every precious moment. And that's why these days, when I find myself one of the oldest in a crowd, I can happily embrace feeling like a dinosaur. An Evening by Candlelight This time of year where I live, the days get far shorter and the sun sets early, casting darkness upon us before we're quite ready. Thankfully, lighting a candle transforms the darkness into a lovely and cozy atmosphere. So I adore this time of year for the light that comes after dark. Last night, however, I spent a good portion of the evening in darkness while one wandering through a couple of haunted houses with a friend, and we had a blast. As suspected, I was only startled on several occasions and spent most of the trip giggling and helping my friend up off the floor when required. I loved the imagination and artistry that went into all of the various rooms and locations we explored. At one point, we were even given 3D glasses and had to wander our way through a wild, neon-colored environment of abstract designs, and yeah, a couple of large monsters. I was so fascinated that I completely forgot to be terrified. It was fun to explore the weird worlds that the artist created even in a place hell-bent on scaring people. But I have to admit, returning home was equally wonderful. Even if I'm not scared of the dark, it's always nice to have a bit of light to enjoy. In truth, it felt rare and wonderful to actually be out in the world on a Friday night, something that happened a lot when I was younger, but these days it's an incredibly rare occurrence. The weather was cool, with just a few spidery clouds in the sky, and even the moon was bright and full as though it had dressed for the occasion. For just a moment, I was transported back in time to my far younger self who had enjoyed these same haunted houses that had been around for over 25 years or more. Though I often talk about feeling like a kid again, sometimes it's even better to just go ahead and actually be a kid again. It's fun to do things that we've perfectly outgrown and experience them again. And while my child inside can appreciate a bit of spooky fun, there are other things that only my adult side can appreciate fully, like the glow of a candle and the memories that it brings back to me. These moments with someone special spent with just a flickering glow that elevates every emotion in the room, a tiny spot of light that somehow manages to feel like a spotlight on our hearts. 
Those special moments are beautiful to remember and experience again today. So tonight, as the sun begins to set while I'm typing this, I'm going to light a candle as Philippe and I enjoy dinner while listening to a bit of music. Nothing crazy or anything that involves the world outside, but just the lovely comfort of being at home. These are the nights that I cherish. They're so ridiculously simple that they're almost become complex in their intensity. Without a hundred distractions rushing by, each little thing is amplified and made special. That moment of pause is so wonderful and rejuvenating. I adore the weekends for the chance to reset and rewind a bit before starting a brand new work week. Some may enjoy weekends that are packed with various activities, but for me, the quietest moments are often the best. It's amazing to just be with the person you love most, doing nothing much at all. It's a beautiful way to spend time together, time that slows down a bit so that you actually have the opportunity to enjoy it properly. A magical moment that can happen simply by striking a match, sitting back and pausing to enjoy an evening by candlelight. Finding Feathers One of the delights of going on a nature hike or just walking down the street really when I was a kid was finding a feather on the ground. I've no idea why I found this so delighting exactly, but to me it always felt like finding a treasure, a lovely piece of nature left behind. I quickly doodled some into existence for a prompt once, and I think they were lorikeet feathers to begin with, but I decided to use less color, so now they're from a mystery bird. Since I don't actually live in Australia, most of the feathers I would find as a kid here were usually a striped brown or sometimes a deep blackish blue. They didn't have to be a striking color as it was simply the act of finding them that made them special. I would collect them and bring them back home with no real plan for them whatsoever. I mean, it wasn't like I was trying to reassemble a bird in my living room or anything. Sometimes the act of finding something new is enough of a reward in itself. I still love those moments when I discover something interesting along my path, usually something rather small and insignificant, but with just enough interest to catch my eye. It might be a little rock that has a strangely beautiful coloring or texture, or it can even be an unusual shadow cast across the pavement. I've always been on the lookout for these types of things, but since I've started painting each day, I'm even more observant. Suddenly, the light and shadow on a leaf becomes a thing of pure wonder, and I have to stop and study it for a moment. I don't even have my sketchbook with me and no time to sketch or paint what I see, but I'm always making mental notes that I can use to help me later. Getting ideas from the simplest of things, ways to use color, light, and shadow for the next time I sit down to paint. I'm not a note taker, so I never write anything down. It's just a jumble of ideas that swim around in my fishbowl of a head until they're ready to jump free. While I know I should study proper technique more when it comes to painting, for now I'm content with sketching as I go from a place of pure instinct and intuition. In fact, I can say that this approach is what has helped me to keep painting every day. 
it's really just my playtime. One day when this is my only line of work, I will most likely feel differently, but today, this is only my hobby. It's what brings me joy and relieves the stress of the day. It's what helps me appreciate the world for what it actually is while dreaming of what it has the potential to be. It gives me the sheer pleasure of going through life with the eyes of an artist, watching for things that others might overlook entirely and making middle notes as I go along. I'm never on the hunt for anything. I just let life pass me by as it happens, looking for the occasional little treasure. After all these years, I'm still experiencing those inexplicable little moments of pure delight, like finding feathers. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Bye.